Hi everyone, Dave here. Uh, now it's pre-season time again. Uh, it's felt like a bit of a longer one this year than it has in previous years. I don't know if it's COVID-ness and um, we're just kind of catching up on the schedule as it should be uh, or it's the lack of international football or things like that but I've kind of been missing football this summer so it was great to be back again to that point where we get to go to Matlock uh, and watch Chesterfield in that beautiful stadium at our local friendly neighbours. Um, Obviously, the Matlock game is also uh, the annual Ernie Moss game as well. So to celebrate, I had a chat with Stephen Poxon. He's just written a new book called Ernie, uh, which is a beautiful selection of memories uh, that he's collated together uh, with the Ernie Moss family and a few other people uh, around the town. It's beautiful to just dip in and out of the book. Uh, you can spend two minutes in it because there can be like a couple of pages long or you can spend a good couple of hours. There'll be people in that book that you've heard of, people that you haven't heard of, people that you've sat next to in the stands, people that you've watched from the stands. And the way it's put together is really, really beautifully done. There's people you'll have heard of in there, Neil Warnock, John Duncan, uh, forward by Roy McFarland, Vladimir, our uh, Ukrainian friend, and loads of other people. Uh, lovely, lovely memories. Uh, well worth grabbing a copy of the book. Stephen will also be up in Chesterfield at the end of July for the Senior Spy Rights uh, lunch. So if you're able to get along to that, uh, do go and support the book as he's put a lot of hard work into it. And it's lovely to have a collection of memories about an iconic person of the town uh, there in print for future generations. As always, I'm at Spy Legends on Instagram and Facebook uh, and Twitter and all that lot. So do get in touch. And thanks to Pitch Publishing and Stephen, obviously, himself as well for setting this up. Pitch have a great selection of football books in all sorts of subjects. So I do very much uh, recommend checking them out if you're looking for a summer holiday read. But for now, here we are with our chat with Stephen Poxon. Here we go. Knocks it down and tries the shot and scores the goal. Ernie Moss, 1-1. 16 minutes of the first half gone and Ernie Moss knocks in his 12th goal of the season. And does he look pleased and don't the other fellas look surprised? Super. Well, I have the book here, obviously. Oh, God. Good, yeah. Um, which is fantastic. And it's it's great because you can just kind of... You can either... Like any good book, you can sit down and spend a few hours with it, or yeah. you can just dib in uh, because they're like quick little chapters and little snippets from yeah. different people. You can yeah. kind of just dib into it when you've got a few moments, which is really nice. Um, yeah. So in from your position in terms of, well, I suppose to start off, how did it all start? How did the project <laughs> begin? Well, it's a good question. Um, I should begin with a confession that I'm not actually a Chesterfield fan. Um, I'm not even from Derbyshire, which probably makes it even worse. Um, <laughs> I'm, I support Hartlepool United. Um, so how it began, uh, my best man, um, years and years ago, um, I've been married nearly 30 years. My best man is a Chesterfield fan, mm -hmm. Chesterfield mad. That's an understatement to call <laughs> him a fan. He's born and bred in clown. Mm. And when we used to play football together in the days when we could both play. Um, 
he was always banging on about Ernie Moss and Ernie and Ernie Moss and Ernie. And any time he scored a goal or did anything, he would raise his hands, my best man, and shout, Ernie, Ernie, Ernie. <laughs> now, if I'm perfectly honest, I've never heard of Ernie Moss until then. Um, and I say that with all respect. Um, but he was such a such a fan of Ernie Moss. Um so the conversation was who, who is Ernie Moss what's this all about why are you always going on about Ernie and he told me um being a Chesterfield fan he said how much Ernie meant to the club to the community to the town to him personally and then um it dawned on me um a while later I could have a go at doing this book uh, partly for my friend actually as a little mm. gesture yeah um but also because I wanted to have a go at at, at it um got in touch with sarah and nikki ernie moss's daughters as you'll know mm -hmm. and there we have it after a lot of work and help uh, from everyone concerned um certainly a team effort um here's the book and it's it's been a privilege so mm -hmm. from that unlikely um origin we now have the tribute and as we all know sadly ernie died as we were writing the book, um, shock, shock passing. Um, but in a way, that's added a special note of poignancy, a tribute, I mean, um, mm. although we'd all rather Ernie was still here. Yeah. So that, that's how it came about, yeah, with a great deal of help, which I'm keen to acknowledge mm. from lots of people. And, and how did the format kind of, did you ever have any different, did you toy with the idea of doing the book in different ways? Or, or was this always the way you wanted to do it? Yeah. Um, originally, I'll be honest, my first thought was to write a biography, um, biography of Ernie Moss. Um, then as I kind of explored that option and researched Ernie's career, it became very, very clear that he, if I can put it this way, he actually belonged to the fans. He was one of their own, very much so, a local boy, made good. And because of that repeated awareness of that fact, I thought this has to be given back to the fans. I can't take Ernie from them by writing a biography uh, that belongs to me, as it were. This has to be their work because of his abiding, strong connection with his hometown, his people. Um, and so on. So it belonged to the fans. Um, and that led to the format in which it's arrived. Um, tributes from fans, uh, players, managers, colleagues, etc. Family, of course, especially. Uh, but yeah, it was a strong feeling. Um, it needed to belong to them. And I, I was kind of only uh, working it all on their behalf. Mm. And it's And it's great because it means that you get so many different voices kind of speaking to you don't you uh about his life and it's interesting that you get stories about him on the pitch you get stories about him in the the sports shop in town you get stories about him <laughs> kind of yeah. and like you say from players from fans so you get like so many different angles don't you was it was it a surprise to you as you were right it must have been a joy getting these little bits of snippets com coming to you from people it, it was overwhelming in a lovely way uh, it was a labour of love to put everything together. And um, 
Well, you you know football as well as I do. We're we're all football fans. Um, I say this with respect to to everyone, but um, there aren't that many footballers where you could find one hundred percent. No one has a bad word to say about them. I don't, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. I don't mean any disrespect, but every single tribute I received, whether colleagues, fans. Um, people who knew him around the town in the sports shop, as you say, um, without exception, the tributes I received, um, the comments were were all entirely positive and appreciative of Ernie, the footballer, and Ernie Moss, the man, the human being. And I found that as it began to happen, I thought, goodness me, these people are all saying the same things in different ways, different personal experiences and encounters but this amounts to the fact that there's a as a tidal wave of respect and gratitude and appreciation for this kind of working class mm. footballer who never forgot his roots um and that that was a, a delight i was kind of if i'm honest i was waiting for one critical page to come in or someone said oh ernie upset me once or ernie did this or i didn't like the guy or he, he got too big for his boots not a bit of it. Um, it was it was a privilege to handle all those lovely words. Mm. And it's it's interesting. I've so I've got a podcast. Speak to what I've spoken to seventy something former Chesterfield players now, and a bunch of those are from have kind of played with him uh, mm. alongside him, or were watching him in the stands, or or things like that. And the, the kind of one word that comes out from all of them is gentleman, and that kind of pops up quite a bit in the book as well. The yeah. word gentleman. Uh, there's a great bit in the. Uh, Roy McFarlane forward where he talks about you know opposition players wanted to kick him and be a bit rough with him and stuff like yeah. that but he kind of never rose never rose to it um no. so did you uh how did that come about with Roy McFarlane because obviously he's a, a a big legend of a player and one of my favorite former Chesterfield managers yeah yeah Roy I can't speak highly enough of Roy McFarlane um I wanted someone well actually the publishers wanted someone um, to write a foreword mm -hmm. because I'm not a big name in writing. I'm not a big name in publishing. That's that's fine. Um, so the publishers suggested, they said, Stephen, can you get hold of someone whose name we can put on the cover as well as yours? It's a practical sales technique. Mm -hmm. So I, I looked into Ernie Moss's life and times and Roy McFarlane cropped up as a Chesterfield link mm -hmm. so I, I had no idea how to get hold of Roy McFarland and he, he would never have heard of me so I dropped Derby County Football Club a line and I explained I said any chance you could give Roy my details Mr McFarland I should say <laughs> Roy um, next thing I knew I was sitting upstairs one evening doing some work and the phone rang and he said oh hello is that Stephen and I said yes he said it's Roy now I'll be honest I didn't know who it was because it was about four weeks after I'd written so I kind of blagged it if I'm honest because I didn't want to embarrass the guy and he said you you've written asking if I contribute a foreword for the book I realized it was Roy McFarland on my phone <laughs> and he was absolutely charming and humble and we chatted for about an hour and a half um, wow. and he'd asked me if 
if I'd ever played football, I said, Roy, I can't say yes to you. You <laughs> played for England. I, I, I was a, you know, I tried my best. And he said, no, that's not what it's about, Stephen. He said, we all play the game. Um, he said, you played the game, whatever level you did or didn't. I played for England. So what? <laughs> and his modesty and his willingness to help and his praise of Ernie Moss was just heartwarming. And as you say, that's appeared in the pod, in the um, foreword. Stirk stabbing it forward to Birch. Touch off to Walker. He's looking for that left foot, and it was Baines who got in the way. Now Kowalski looking for Moss. Oh, fine goal, Ernie Moss. He hasn't got away from uh, Baines too often, but when he has, he has punished Warsaw. It's 3-2. There's, there's loads of people, funnily enough, people that I've had on the podcast that fans and non-fans and fans and players, you know, like Sean O'Neill, um, who tells a great story. Um, Daryl Carpenter's been on and, uh, and Vladimir as well, our Ukrainian spy, right? So yeah, um, it's, do all those kind of stick out for you in different ways then i suppose well I, of the ones you've mentioned um vladimir uh, from ukraine mm. is is a very special friend these days um because of course since the book began to shape up the war broke out mm -hmm. um so my wife and i in a very small way very modest way been keeping in touch with vladimir and his mum and dad um, uh, in, in Ukraine, and they've been through some awful times. Yeah. Um, they're they're relatively safe, but nevertheless, they hear the missiles flying overhead over their actual house, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So Vladimir and I um, we keep in touch. And uh, when England played Ukraine recently at Wembley uh, a few weeks ago. Um, I was able to get a copy of the program and send it to him. I said, I don't know if this will ever reach you in the post. There's a war on. And uh, it reached him. And he was, he told me he was in tears. And I thought, goodness me, the point I'm making there is not me sending a football program to someone. Anyone can do that. How much Chesterfield Football Club and English football means to Volodymyr mm who's in the book, who's contributed a, a Ukrainian spy right of all things. Yeah. Um, so I, I've recently just sent him a copy of the book. I have no idea when or if that will reach him um, because it patently means more to him living in a war-torn country to have this link with English football and Chesterfield than I think we might realise. Um, so he's a he's a special contributor, yeah. And Neil Warnock too, in a, mm. quite a different kettle of fish. <laughs> um, Neil Warnock, I asked Middlesbrough if I could have an interview with Neil. Um, he rang up. Um, must have been at least an hour and a half again, probably more. <laughs> and I didn't have to say a word. I, it, I bet. It, <laughs> it was marvellous. And again great warmth and affection um, in a different way to Vladimir in Ukraine, different reasons, but all speaking so highly of what this means to see Ernie in print. Yeah. And I, I can scarcely believe I've been given this privilege of handling 
these tributes because um, I I now know how much Ernie means to to these people. And it's it's interesting because since I started doing a podcast and I've spoken to loads of footballers, it's uh, it's given me a different appreciation for the sport that I didn't have before I started it. I would say it. I was the typical fan in the stand mm. before it, and now I think of it think of the whole sport in a such a different way and i've had loads of different fans and physios and all sorts of different people on and you kind of see so many different angles to the sport don't you that you'd never noticed and actually it's you know i've spoken to to writers and people like that before and you you notice that actually it's i, I was talking to writer daniel gray uh who wrote science of the stands which is a great book and he was talking about how actually the football match is kind of almost the least important thing <laughs> <laughs> about football yeah. and it's like all the other stuff that's like the community that's around it and the relationships that are built around it and the kind of the smells and the sights and the sounds and everything that you remember is it given kind of given you a different appreciation of the the sport and all the people around it yeah i i i don't want to put words in anyone's mouth but i think i know what uh, daniel gray means um in that I, I live in Hertfordshire these days, which is 230 miles from Hartlepool, okay? So my visits to go and watch Hartlepool at home are few and far between, but I got there as often as I can. Um, and I just absolutely love it when I'm there. Um, it's got, it's, the game is the game. Invariably Hartlepool lose, but that's, that's okay. We can live with that. And, um, you get your bovril, you get your pie, you meet one or two friends, the atmosphere, the comments on the stands, which are sometimes really hilarious, some of the <laughs> witty remarks and the quips. Um, the game is the game. It, it's why we're there, the 90 minutes, I mean. But you love those players. Um, they're your heroes. And you go into this kind of happy place where you know what's happening and you fall in love with the game generally. Mm. Um, or else I'll go to see another little team of mine, Billingham Synthonia, um, Teesside team. Absolutely cracking game. You, you maybe get 50 fans there if you're lucky. It's got very little to do with the actual game or even the result mm. at times. It's the people, it's the fans, it's the banter, it's the humour. It's the appreciation of the beautiful game, um, the game for its own soul, and the food, the smells, the wit. Um, just come away and think that that was that was marvellous, just mm. being up there. And then, of course, that applies to everyone: Chesterfield, Hartlepool, Billingham, Synthonia, Aston Villa. Who cares? It's the game, and we're all in it together. And you all have your partisan points of view. And you make fun of the other team's fans, or you, you know, someone gets sent off and you wave them off the pitch. <laughs> it's all in the mix. And most of it is relatively harmless. And then you come home and life carries on. Mm. But for that couple of hours, three hours maybe, even traveling to the game and finding your scarf, you, you step into that little mini world and it, yeah. it's absolutely magic. Whichever team you support. Yeah. Absolutely. If it was all about the wins, then let's face it, Chesterfield and Hartlepool <laughs> wouldn't have been going for hundred odd years, would they? Oh dear me! <laughs> I think I think my yeah. wife probably laughs laughs at me sometimes because when the, the old Saltergate ground went, I bought my seats 
um, like a lot of people did, and I have them in the garden. So I, I go out with my cup of tea every now and then and just have a sit on my seat. And, yeah. you know, it's the sound that it makes when the seat goes down. It automatically, like, takes you back to a uh, uh, to things like that. Yeah. It's, just, it's just awesome. I'm so glad you said that because I, I have a seat in my garden. I, I bought from Hartlepool for 20 quid. And um, I just go out in the garden. I actually sit on the seat and I think of my parents, mm -hmm. you know, when, when my dad was alive up there, et cetera, et cetera. And it, in, in actual real life, it's a plastic seat. Yeah. I mean, you can buy one of those anywhere, but it's not actually. It's a piece of Hartlepool United or piece of Chesterfield. Uh, mm. And it's all that it represents and, and brings to mind. It's it, it, That's what the game is these days. Yeah. I do wish, actually, uh, Hartlepool would win a bit more often than we <laughs> might not have been relegated. Um, but that's that's almost incidental. Um, yeah, it's just the game. Just be playing someone different. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's Chesterfield v Hartlepool next Chester season. Hartlepool, yeah, exactly. Rather yeah. Uh, be an interesting one. It's quite actually. It's in a funny way. I'm, I'm proper digressing from the book, but we'll get back to it. Uh, like you, you drop into non-league, and that again opens a complete different appreciation for football again because you start going into a whole realm of football that I never even gave one consideration to. No, it, that's that's I, yeah, non-league is, 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 is a weird world. Um, the, the tickets are slightly cheaper, that helps. But I went when Hartlepool were playing at Sutton, um, it's not that far from where I live, I went to Sutton United's ground, and um, it, it's, just, it's just the most friendly club I've ever been to. The stewards and the staff, absolutely charming little club, Sutton. Mm -hmm. And I use the word little with respect. But then this um, giraffe mascot came out running around the pitch. And I still don't know what a giraffe has got to do with Sutton, but everyone laughed. <laughs> the most peculiar tannoy system I've ever heard in my life. It sounded like someone with a bad tape recorder, just playing, <laughs> playing press. But you just sit there thinking, this is magic. Um, yeah. And case in point, I don't actually remember the score of that game. Yeah. Um, because it was just such good fun. Met a couple of mates uh, uh, down there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's how it is, isn't it? Happy days. With a minute left and perhaps some injury time. There's Walker going in. Now Salmons to knock it way across there again, looking for Birch. And that must be another one. And Moss is claiming that as his hat-trick. It's 4-3. 44 minutes gone, we've got a minute left. So yeah. going back to the book, the front, yeah. the front cover of the book, it's a gorgeous front cover of a book. That that photograph. So yeah. was that recolored that photograph, or was it? Did you do kind of anything to it? To... I, I need to be honest. I, I had nothing to do with that. Um, all I've done for the book is edit and process the text, mm -hmm. um, which isn't even my creation. I was fortunate to receive so much um, text. And the publishers, uh, Pitch Publishing, they really have played a blinder. Um, they And incidentally, Michael South Photography, yeah. he's he's been so helpful and so generous with his time as Michael. A um, number of the pictures within the book are Michael's. He's been brilliant. Mm. Um, 
but the front cover was a, a I think it's their own graphics man um pitch publishing I mean they found that one I think it was I think you're right it was black and white mm -hmm. originally and he's found what was apparently the actual blue of Chesterfield shirts when that shirt was being worn in the actual season yeah and I don't know how a graphic designer works um but he's 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 done it marvelously um yeah and it looks the part doesn't it and even the sew on badge is authentic of its time mm. and i'm so glad grateful to michael south and the people at pitch uh, but i can't claim any credit for that they did all that themselves yeah it's beautiful they should release that as a print or something like that because it it's, yeah. it's, it's it's gorgeous it's it's really lovely it really makes the cover doesn't it yeah yeah so is, so is this so this was kind of your first foray into football writing, is that right? Yes and no. Um, when I was 15, 16, I, I did a, a little bit of thing for Morecambe Football Club. I was writing some programme notes and I did a series for them on players of yesteryear, just a page, um, sent it to the match day programme. Um, and they published a few of those, and then I was writing for uh, various other little publications, football bits and pieces, um, nothing significant. Um, uh, and, and then I thought, oh, I'll have a go at this book. And I've told you the story behind mm. that. Um, so it's my first football book, um, although I've always been writing about football in one guise or another. Mm. Um, and now I'm, I'm itching around. I'm talking to pitch publishing seeing if i can possibly pull another one out of the hat um that, that'd be nice something like ernie actually because mm. um, of the the goodwill it's generated yeah and i was going to ask yeah if it was whetted the appetite because that kind of format for a, a club legend uh is a really lovely format to do it isn't it and you would be able to do that uh for most clubs around the country, I'd imagine. Everyone's got that player, haven't they? That uh, yeah, that is the one. So it'd be really fun to kind of look into all different clubs. And are you tempted to do it closer to home for someone like Hartlepool? I really am. Um, in fact, I was I was home, went to see my mum who lives on Teesside, um, week before last. And I was in the library, and uh, I said to the librarian, "Have you got any books on Teesside?" football old teaser and she she um she pulled out some books and i've got this idea in the back of my head to do a book of say three or four um northeast football mm. heroes but i i i really want them to be lower league um and I, I think we've all read about the premiership until we're tired of it and no one needs to write any more about that I'd love to give some credit and some honour to the lower league players, such as Ernie Moss, mm. who week after week plied their trade. No big money, no big stardom, uh, but loved the game, loved the fans. So if I can clarify in my own thinking those players, uh, I'm talking about Hartlepool, Darlington, Gateshead, Sunderland, Newcastle, possibly Middlesbrough, um, identify some players we might have some kind of format mm. or maybe even more than one book um, just to 
it's a nostalgic approach to look at these players from non-league and say, hey, these were great, great guys. Let's get them in print. So it's it's an embryonic idea, but mm. um, I'm certainly enthusiastic. Yeah. And I think especially at the moment when we're in, a, like you mentioned, we're in an era of kind of Marvel superhero footballers. If you talk, look at people like Erling Haaland, they're not... You don't really look at Erling Haaland and think, oh, he's just he's just like me. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, actually, there's that. I think that's maybe why that we've had a renaissance and a bit of a uh, attendance boom and things like that in in lower league and non league football because there's that yeah. connection to it that people that people like yeah. maybe a bit of getting getting away from VAR and things like that as well. There's something that's especially since COVID seems to have all come back a bit, trying to get in that connection to your local community or your local area and absolutely and things like that. No, it's it's worth its weight in gold really and that's where i'm thinking next but mm. i don't know how yeah yeah so you've got a lot of chapters in this book uh there's uh like two pages worth of chapters <laughs> in, the, in the start so was it quite how, how was the process in terms of uh asking people or getting people how did it all work well i have to give a lot of the credit to sarah moss and nikki um ernie's daughters um because i said to them look guys let's collaborate on this i don't want to hog this for myself um let's can you put me in touch with people and then i mean facebook is is magic for stuff like this. We just reached out to the Chesterfield fans Facebook page and I joined. I, I didn't know if they'd let me in or not, but they did. <laughs> I said, this is what I'm doing. I put a little bit of um, blurb on there saying, you know, I'm thinking of writing a book, Ernie Moss, and I, it just lit the blue touch paper. Those two words, Ernie Moss, did their own work. Um, all I had to do was sit at my desk and wait for more and more tributes to arrive. And Sarah collated them and sent them. Then um, I, I did some of the work of approaching the professionals, the managers, the players. Um, Mark Bright, for example, uh, the Port Vale connection. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was very much a collaboration with people who've helped me with the book um, in terms of making contact. And then I, I, I was toying with the idea of the chapters, one being former pros, the Neil Warnocks, the Mark Brights, the Roy McFarlands of this world, John Rudge. Um, and then it occurred to me, no, no, that's not what Ernie was about. He wasn't players and fans. There was not a status demarcation with Ernie. So I decided as the tributes came in, in that literal chronological way, they would go in like that. So one day I heard from Neil Warnock. Next, I heard from Joe Bloggs on the terraces, and it all mixed and mingled. And I knew I'd hit upon something that would represent Ernie's approach to the game, a kind of uh, fundamental attitude where fans and players are equally important to him He's, he's privileged to play. The fans pay his wages. There is not a status thing going on with Ernie Moss. And I hope that's come through. We're all in the game together. In, however we're involved, I write, some play, 
some watch, some provide the pies. Mm. But without any of us, the game is poorer. Um, and I wanted that very deliberately to be the format of, of the contributions. And I think that's a great way to do it because when you read the book, that's how you read it. <laughs> you know, and uh, if if you had have compiled them all as footballing legends or, you know, former players or whatever, and then fans, it would have it would have changed the way that you read it and interact with the book. It's lovely how you can kind of, you don't know what's coming next, whether it's someone you've heard of as a, as a Chesterfield fan, uh, when you get to like Jim Brown or something like that, or whether it's someone that you've not heard of, but actually that when you read their piece, you, yeah, I get that. Um, so it's yeah. a lovely way to do it. So do you feel like you, you kind of know Ernie a lot better now? Yeah, I, I'm actually quite sad, and I was when I was writing, and especially when Ernie died suddenly. Sarah rang me 6.23 one morning and said, Dad's, Dad's gone um, suddenly. I never met the guy. To the best of my knowledge, I don't think I saw him play. Um, and yet, despite that, I felt personally sad um that he'd gone and sad that i'd never met him because i've got this thing in my imagination that i would have gone around his house one day and ernie being ernie he'd have just put the kettle on made a cup of tea talked about football asked about the other person wasn't all about ernie and maybe show me one or two of his football medals and things like because i'm a fan at heart and to to see souvenirs like that and mementos it's, it's absolutely brilliant for me i don't care it's a third division championship medal that's the real thing you know that's a footballer's uh, mementos so i was i'm sad that i never got to meet him um obviously his dementia would have prevented that but in an ideal world and I do feel as I've got to know him because I've, I've kind of got to know Sarah, especially, although we've never met, um, not yet anyway. We're planning a curry with Michael South one of these days. <laughs> we can arrange the logistics and who's going to pay for the curry, <laughs> <laughs> and just in case she's listening. Um, get Roy McFarland along as well. He's got right, a few, Bob. He can get him pay. to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roy, sell one of your caps. Pay for it. Um, I do feel, because obviously, um, I, I think with his children, the apples didn't fall far from the tree. And what I know of them, so many qualities shine through that are Ernie's, like big, warm-hearted people, uh, northern to their fingertips, which is a, is a compliment. Um, so, yeah, I think I've got to know him. And with such a volume of responses, um, I can I can almost imagine him being there um, and writing the book. I felt I was with him. I felt him sitting on my shoulder, almost. Um, and it was a sad day when I I clicked send and sent the manuscript to Pitch Publishing. I thought that's it. I, I won't be with Ernie any longer. But I never was with him. But I, if that makes sense, yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. There's Walker. He's given Chesterfield service this afternoon and the miscue that lets in Moss and that's one nearer the record. 
Walker, who started it all, in for Kowalski. And the miscue there by Stancliffe into the back of the net from Moss. And, and one other person I wanted to mention was John Duncan. Uh, now, I had I'd kind of spoken to loads of John Duncan's former uh, players uh, over the time, and I got his email address um, kind of from the LMA website or wherever it was. Um, and uh, I, I sat on it for ages, ages and ages and ages, because I was just like, and I'd never felt like I was like prepared enough or new enough to speak to him. <laughs> and then yeah. I remember one day I was feeling particularly brave and I sent an email uh, and it was probably the quickest reply I've had to any ask for any podcast or anything that I've ever done. He got back to me straight away. He was like, yeah, of course, come and have a chat. And I I had a Zoom call with him and it was like an hour long and I was it was just the best hour because he just spoke to me about his philosophy around the game and uh, he had kind of this really like wicked sense of humor as well um and there's kind of a piece from him in here as well isn't there so how how did you find it for you with john duncan it's interesting you should say that because i i didn't know how to get hold of john duncan i haven't got a magic address book or anything um so i did some digging and found out he was coaching football at loughborough university of all the places. <laughs> so I, I got in touch with Loughborough University. I don't know. I'm not even sure where Loughborough is. <laughs> and just sent an email. I said, I'm, I'm writing this book. Can you put me in touch with John Duncan? I believe he coaches your um, students, etc. Within two days, in fact, I think it was the day after I'd sent, he came back to me um, personally. So that mirrors your experience. Mm. Um, and I just said, look, I'm, I'm after something about Ernie Moss. And he said, I'm very happy to help. He said, I'm so glad you're doing this. But he said, I didn't really know Ernie that well, because I think their careers were like ships that passed in mm -hmm. the night. Um, but he said, I'll tell you what I know of him. And he did within, within, oh, within less than three days, three or four days, I'd got all I needed from John Duncan. Then he said, come back to me if you need any more. But he said, I don't really know a lot more about the guy, but he's keen to help and keen to contribute to a fellow pro. Um, then, of course, John Duncan himself mm. left us, um, which came as a shock. So I had to tweak what he'd written and make that a kind of tribute to memorial thing for John Duncan as well. So, yeah, yeah. but very impressed with, with his response. Yeah. Yeah. And like you say, when... When John Duncan sadly passed away, that kind of um, it kind of made that hour I had kind of just listening to him talk about football, yeah, e even more special. And it's kind of given me the um, that kind of gave me the impetus just to keep on finding footballers and speaking to them because you think oh, it's lovely good. to have, it's lovely to be able to record some stories and record yeah. someone's voice and and things like that and be able to just. Uh, kind of hear hear their kind of this passion about a sport that we all love. It's just kind of a lovely yeah. thing. That is, that's a real privilege for you. I'm so pleased for you. That's worth yeah. its weight in gold, that sort of conversation. Yeah, it certainly is. So so what are your hopes then for this book? What would you like people to kind of get from it? I, I 
first of all, I I wanted to um, reward the faith that Pitch Publishing have put in me because they've pulled out all the stops, and I owe Pitch Publishing and their people a, a great debt. So I wanted to work for them commercially. Mm. That's that's what I owe them back. Um, and if I make a few quid from it, even better. But that's not really what it's about. But I do feel a, an obligation to pitch to say thank you. And here's the book, it's selling well. So that's the commercial side of business. Um, Football-wise, um, I'm harking more and more back nostalgically to football when I was a kid. Um, in my own head, this is. And I... I I want the book to keep that alive, that era. Um, players I knew, the experiences of football when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, which isn't that long ago. I'm only 57. Um, because I think we are in some danger of, of losing football to the Premiership. I'm not anti-Premiership. I, I watch Match of the Day mm. all the time. Uh, Premiership has its great points and it, there's some beautiful moments there and top top draw players but I don't want that to be all there is to football I want to keep the flame alight albeit a pilot light a tiny little flame for that era of Ernie Moss and football mm. when football was you know more basic and still is at non-league lower league levels players who are not earning a fortune players who appreciate what they've got, the privilege, when most fans don't have that ever. Um, players who mix and mingle with the fans after the game, uh, and like Ernie always did. So I've got this nostalgic flame-bearing thing going on. It sounds a bit melodramatic, but I want to do this for my childhood, my teenage years, and say, look, there is more to football than the Premiership, mm. and these players are great guys. Um, and it's so it's helped me. Um, if if the book sells, the book sells, uh, and it, early indications are healthy. Um, and I, I want to reward Pitch and Chesterfield Football Club. They've been they've bent over backwards mm. to help. So I owe it to them. I owe it to Ernie's family that this goes into as many hands as possible this book so people know what a great guy their dad was their husband was I owe it to the fans to say oh I can hold on to this this was my Ernie Moss I saw him play my granddad saw him play my dad saw him play here's a keepsake here's a an actual tangible reminder of that type of football and that type of footballer and if any of those points work um then I'll I'll, I'll sleep well at night knowing you know, I've managed to succeed in one of those ways, at least. Mm. And and it's 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 uh, kind of football generally. The the kind of cultural history of football, like you've just mentioned, is so uh, underplayed. I think a lot of time, and and kind of people um, don't think about how important a, a football club's history and culture. In a city, is I mean, really, football grounds should be grade listed. <laughs> the buildings, in many ways, you know, it's as important as any theatre or any big cultural Absolutely. place in a town. They're kind of uh, 
and you, you see it from clubs that have gone out of business, like, uh, yeah. you know, um, how important those places are to towns, yeah. aren't they? So it's, I think, and especially with uh, it being about Ernie, it's a, it's fantastic, like you say, to have this put together in 50 years, 70 years, 100 years time. There's a document then for people to look back on. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. want to know more about that great player. There's, yeah. There's now something to refer to, which is a lovely thing to leave to the world, isn't it? Yeah. And it, I mean, we're talking about different eras. I, I appreciate that. But now I know a bit more about my, my, why my dad very often was banging on about Stanley Matthews <laughs> and why contemporaries saying, George Best, did you ever see George Best play? And figures from, figures from that shadowy past, which I never really knew or understood, and my mum idolises Bobby Charlton, um, etc. Now I, I'm touching on Ernie Moss, and they're all players, all different levels, granted, but it's the same ethos. Mm. Um, now I'm saying, ah, I realise why they didn't want to let go of those memories and, and that era in their minds. Mm. Um, even you have to progress, you have to move on. Life is like that in, in all kinds of walks of life. But now I know what Stanley Matthews meant because now I know what Ernie Moss meant, mm. etc. And it links it all with my upbringing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's a keepsake. It's a it's it's one to hold on to. I had a similar experience very early in doing the podcast. I had a chat with Bob Wilson, who, oh. grew, up, who grew up in Chesterfield. Never played for Chesterfield, played for Chesterfield boys. Uh, but he kind of uh, told this great story about going to Saltergate's ground to watch Gordon Banks playing in net for Chesterfield and how he would stand behind the goal as a kid just watching Gordon Banks stretching and and that made him want to be a goalkeeper. And kind of seeing Bob Wilson's eyes kind of light up when he's talking about watching Gordon Banks yeah. as a kid playing for Chesterfield is just, like you say, it gives a whole new appreciation and i'm thinking oh i'm I'm the same like that about steve blatherwick chesterfield from the from the noughties you know time time passes doesn't it but like you say everyone has that era that they look back to that has a wonderful amount of nostalgia about it and kind of just um puts you in a place yeah it's yeah well you've put that better than i did and i appreciate you doing so it's (laughs) that's captured it very well that gordon banks story is perfect great well Best of luck with the book. Thank uh, you. It's when do you know when the event's happening at Chesterfield? I'm guessing all that will be coming up. Um, all things being oh. equal, I'm up there July the 31st for a senior spy rights lunch, and then book launch. I'm saying a few words, and I'm hoping Roy McFarlane will come. Uh, so 31st of July, all things being equal. Thanks to Chesterfield Football Club for arranging that. That's that's really kind of them. So. Mm. And thanks to you for this interview, the publicity and all your interest. Don't take that for granted. Yeah, that was just fun to talk about football, isn't it? And I've got to say, shout out to Pitch Publishing, finally, because um, if you go onto their website and you're looking for a book to read, um, obviously, once you've finished yours, there's like this (laughs) such an amazing variety of different stuff on there. And you can just pick a club and pick a book about some random football that you've never heard of. Yeah. And there's just such an amazing array of writers and subjects and things like that. And I've I've had a few things from Pitch Publishing now, and all really good. 
Yeah, super. It's funny, I got their June catalogue today by email, and there's a new book about, about out about Corinthians Football Club. And then I scrolled down the and there's Ernie Moss. I thought, <laughs> well, that's fantastic. It it, it um epitomizes all that we've been discussing tonight. Uh, whether mm. it's Corinthians or Ernie Moss, pitch are in it for the game. And uh, yeah. it's been a privilege to work with them. So I'm glad you've you've mentioned that. Yeah, everyone should sign up to their mailing list because you can get some really just like I say, just interesting stuff that you never knew about, <laughs> never thought you wanted to know about. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. you can kind of go down that rabbit hole. Uh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, I encourage everyone to go and uh, go to the Senior Sparites event and and grab a copy of the book. Um, and then, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be great to see what you do next. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll let you know what if and when that happens. Yeah. But thanks ever so much. Very grateful to you.